Well, hello there, my dear children of the apocalypse. How are we doing today? Welcome back to Doom Time. And today with me, I have the Scottish koala. And, he, you know, I, I want to get this out of the way immediately. I actually don't know you. You're one of the few people I've had on here that we, I don't think we've never spoken, right? No, I think we've had uh, one interaction before <laughs> through someone else who was making content back in the old the old guard for War Thunder years ago. It was about 2019, I think. Yeah, poor. 2019 feels like yesterday, but in reality, now it's been four years, right? God. It feels crazy long ago to me. So much has happened. Yeah. Um, I think everything took off from me just after that. Yes. You you were one of the guys that I would consider the, I think of it like trilogies in a way, you know? The the original trio, I think, was Entac, Baron from Games, and uh, Fly Daily. Uh, Fly being the only one that's still around. Then you had these, like, new and upcoming... Um, should we call us the troublemakers? You know, like myself, Slick B, uh, a couple of others. You know, we loved getting into drama. We loved having some some sort of banter uh, and whatnot. And I think now, uh, from what I have seen, I obviously don't play the game anymore. I don't follow the environment that much. But you are one of the the few guys that I've noticed um, that creates content that it's very how should I put it on the spot without being edgy. Like you have this polite way of approaching the drama and the the, the toxicness that can wall thunder be at sometimes right i i do try and uh how shall i put this not shy away from anything that's that's going on in the community while not wanting to stir up more drama about it you know I, it's, it's always interesting to to get to the bottom of what people are pissed about um and i've made a couple of mistakes doing that and pissed some people off even more but uh, bottom line is, I, I I tend to try and be involved to the point where it gets to the bottom of what the drama's about, rather than just kicking up more dust. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a more mature approach. Um, how old are you, actually? That's something I probably should have asked immediately to, to, get, a, to get a gauge. You and I are about the same age. Right. I was uh, 1997. Ah, so, so we are, yeah, we are both. 26, yeah. couple of month, a couple of months ago. Yeah, very nice. We're, we're both we're the same year. Um, yeah, I you know for me it took me a long time to get to that point where I realised maybe Orange maybe being a little bit too on the edge side, uh, but it reminds me a lot. And I hate talking about the guy, obviously Andrew Tate, but I, I felt at some point looking back at it like I was some kind of Andrew Tate of War Thunder, where you're trying to take this giant you know titter totter or, or a, a scale if you will, and and you see that the only way you could try to fix the sort of imbalance is to stand at the absolute extreme edge of that of that leverage curve just to try to make some difference and i think in the long run it, it really is damaging so it's i'm happy to see that you're one of those content that was able to go into the more uh, you know how i say polite mature um, yeah i sort of tried to try to distance myself from that when i saw myself heading in that same direction as well so i, I thought oh this is more stressful than it's worth trying to sort of tiptoe around the worst of the drama why don't i just leave it for that and uh focus on some some of the more basic points of it and not go too deep into things that are pissing people off mm. so primarily you are a, a tank enthusiast i'd say right more more tank based than, than plane based or it sort of started out the opposite of that actually um i think it's become more tanks because that's been what's popular uh, in the games community so as things have gotten more and more modern as well um 
tanks have overtaken planes. You know, we started out back in the old day. We had your, your Sabres and your M60s mm-hmm. were your top of the game. And uh, Gaijin were adding more and more and more tanks that were were breaching the, the, the decades to the point where we've got tanks in the game now that are newer than the game itself is. Yeah. But aircraft were still back in the 60s. So I sort of had more to tackle. There was more change that was coming around tanks. So I sort of ended up accidentally focusing on that when that wasn't what I set out to do initially. And it certainly wasn't where I was better at the game. I can I can definitely say that. But uh, yeah, that's, that's where it ended up. Now, if I'm not mistaken, you have also spread out with your YouTube channels to create an additional YouTube channel, correct? Hmm. It's now become the bigger one, actually, um, which is called the Armorcast channel. And it was sort of a, a, an accidental um, thing in the end where I made my content around War Thunder by talking about the, the difference between what these things were like in real life when these new vehicles were being added and talking about what their combat history was, what their capabilities were, and what people were going to be able to expect from them, and then comparing that to what we would actually get in the game. Eventually, I started talking about just the history of the vehicles and then sectioned that away into its own channel, which has now absolutely exploded. We've got a couple of videos with millions of views now. And um, yeah, that's that's become sort of more where I've been comfortable recently. I say recently, I've been in limbo for the past couple of months mm-hmm. where I haven't really uploaded anything. But uh, you know, other than that, that's become more the business side of things at the moment and the war thunder channel is off to the side still a still a, a bit of fun but um yeah the more serious thing is the talking about the almost mini documentaries mm-hmm. and and um explanation videos around historical and technological concepts so i try and tie it in with the the video games where i can um a lot of these videos i'll use war thunder footage or, or other games footage in the background but uh no, other than that, they are they are two separate channels now. So, mm-hmm. uh, would you say that that's partially due to obviously you're far more familiar with what was going on with Warth in the past couple of months? Um, uh, a question that I like to ask my my guests is, do you still play Warth on the and, and why? With you, I, I would assume you probably still play it, maybe not as regularly as as you know both of us did back then. Um, has the drama, the the enjoyment you get from the game affected? Your choices here um, to sort of perhaps start thinking more into the documentary side of things where it's more informative, it's moving away from entertainment. Also, as we're growing older, maybe you're thinking um, further ahead now um, and trying to also think about something, something to take a little more seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm. The War Thunder dramas, I mean, I. I had planned a video recently, actually, where I said that War Thunder, I thought War Thunder had about two years left, where I said, you know, this game will not be, you know, since we used to play, I remember logging on seeing about 43, 44,000 players online on a good day. And uh, nowadays you can see anything up to 120, 130,000 people online in the, in the peak times, yeah, 80, 90 off peak mm-hmm. times. So it's, it's more popular now. But I'm sort of thinking it was going to head back down the other way and uh, that we were sort of seeing the Twilight Years of War Thunder. And then recently, Gaijin came out and announced a whole buttload of changes that, you know, we were trying to get done in the, the economy of the game for years. And I thought, ah, shit, you know, things are actually picking back up in a way I was I was looking at being like, well, this this might be the end. But, you know, it was... It was almost, it wasn't just a case of wanting to distance myself from War Thunder, but also a case of um, 
it, it was something to take a little more seriously. It was something to uh, to, to branch out and see what worked, and it, it happened to work. So um, I got a couple of contacts with other YouTubers, and that type of content started becoming quite popular. So I thought mainly I was struggling to balance doing both War Thunder mm -hmm. content and the real-life military history stuff. You had the, the history fans coming to the channel and being like, oh, well, I'm not interested in all this video game stuff. All the War Thunder fans being like, you know, this is this is way too nerdy for me. So um, separating the two of them was just kind of the, the only logical move in the end, um, rather than being a specific intention. Mm -hmm. It's always a challenge to figure out how you can, you know, say diversify, because um, there's always that risk of, well, quite literally killing off your channel, right? Where all the viewers are essentially not interested in the content that, that you're trying to provide. And I think you did mm. the correct decision to, to venture out take a take a leap of faith and it worked out in the end yes yeah, it's, it's certainly gone well i've i've still been able to incorporate uh we've got a series called your favorite tank sucks so i can still do a have a bit of fun with it do a bit of uh joking rambling content without just being purely uh you know i don't want to become robotic you know i set out to to make mostly uh uh light-hearted fun videos that would that would help people but mostly just to entertain and i uh, didn't want to lose that but also wanted to use it in a different way so i've i've been able to kind of tie the two together in that way where i talk a little bit more about um like uh different potential vehicles that could be added to war thunder because that's a thing that excites people to, mm -hmm. to think about you know what could be in this game in the future meanwhile on the other channel i can i can do a bit of rambling and joking and you know, it kind of keeps the two uh, still recognizably me in the end. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely started going well enough that I have to think about it quite uh, like a business rather than mm -hmm. just like a hobby now. You know, if I want to, to go further with this, it's getting to the point where there's, there's quite a few eyes on it now. And if I want to do things like... Um, you know, if I want to grow further into things like sponsorships and all, all, all the good stuff that comes with bigger YouTube channels... You gotta kind of have uh, have a a bit more of a mature atmosphere about it, and uh, you know really sort of work at it properly rather than treating it like a a hobby or a bit of fun to mm. do in the afternoons. You know, it's 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 become a lot of work, a lot of work that I wasn't prepared for, but it's still really enjoyable. So I uh, kind of just want to keep doing it in a in a more and more professional way. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's grown to the point where it's uh, it's very different to when I started it. Yeah, and, and do you now at this moment like is this your full time thing or do you do something? Is this like a, a side it hustle is. for now? Okay, it, it is. It has been for a little while. Um, luckily, I've I've been able to to. I I, I grew the second channel very quickly, uh, mm -hmm. much more quickly than I was uh, anticipating. So that was quite lucky. I was able to. To branch out and not struggle for years like I was building a channel from scratch again. Uh, it, it shot up quite quickly, so that was able to take over as a as a source of income. And now it's just keeping it going and not getting um uh what's the word? Sort of getting getting like complacent or? bogged down with 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 Yeah, and and sort of just it being over the top, it being too much, mm -hmm. uh, sort of weighing down on me. You know, if it's a lot of work for not too much gain, it, it wouldn't be as. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's still something I really enjoy doing, regardless. But it's got to make some money. So. Yeah, there is. You know, there's the, the fact that it was able to. Mm -hmm. The fact that it was able to is is 
was was very lucky to begin with and now it's you know now it's really taken over that's brilliant because there's some i think discrepancy with people expecting that you know making money on youtube is really easy but in reality the numbers are often quite low at least from my experience um i think at one point i even turned off all the advertisement because i said i don't i don't even want to bother looking at the numbers and and these days you are like you mentioned you're trying to find external sponsors right to put them actually embedded into the video which means you have to to have a mature atmosphere it has to be ad friendly and you also have to filter through well some some bad options for sponsorships right you, you probably have oh yeah definitely standards and i've uh, the amount of rage shadow legends offers i've gotten <laughs> some of them were even legit like uh, you know you get the emails every every other week but most of them are uh, either complete nonsense or just people looking to scam you and um yeah, finding finding good ones that are not only legit and that you know you can trust, but also that I would not be embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't feel like a like just a shill to to talk to my audience about. As uh, you know, it's I haven't looked much into the sponsorship thing as of yet. I've had a couple where I've been like, you know, this is pretty cool. But um, going forward, I I definitely want to sort of. Um, look into appealing wider to, to more different kinds of sponsors, see what people interact with and what people aren't there for and 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 make that sort of a more major focus of or a more major uh, aspect of the money earning side of things. So that I'm not just focused on on YouTube just just hammering the views yes. to, to to earn money from ad revenue because mm -hmm. it it's not it's not nearly as much as people think. Um yeah. it's it's good. It was, you know when I was uploading a lot more regularly, it was earning quite quite good money, uh, at least as far as I was concerned. But uh, you know, it's it's never good to need to rely on that mm -hmm. because it it can be fickle. Uh, yeah. We say there are certain months on YouTube that can just get stuffed. Yeah. Like December can suck a fat dick. Like there, you just don't <laughs> earn ad revenue in, in December, January. It's it's just yeah. next to nothing. It's yeah. just flat. So being able to have something else supplement that is yeah, that's the future of it for me. Do you think? Because I was thinking about this the other day. You know, with sponsorships first going, because if you remember YouTube back in I don't know two thousand and eight, it was essentially just a couple of ads that were plastered on the website. You know, and you could then click on them. And then we moved into more sophisticated methods. Do you think there might be a future where they create a system? Now, whether this will be on YouTube or some other platform. Where the advertisements would actually be quality advertisements, but sort of burnt into the content, so that you could really interact with them in a better way. Do you think that might be some sort of future? I would like to see something like that, where it it is more interactive, and then gets out of the way. You know, everyone, some YouTubers do these quite long ad reads, and and some of them can really make. Like they they make it a part of the content. They make it very enjoyable. But for some of them, it's it's also just a bit of like, you know, how can I skip through this video to find where the ad stops? But uh, if it, if they can make it more interactive for a shorter period of time and then get it out of the way, you know, it's 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 there for people who want it, and then it it doesn't interrupt for people who don't. Yeah, because I know personally, I've installed this Google extension, which essentially skips through any part of any built-in advertisement anyway. Even I think on YouTube. On your Android, you've got like a YouTube band stat does the same thing, which could also be a negative because sometimes I'm actually interested those, you know, good YouTubers that enjoy the content. But also, I mean, let's be real, if you're getting paid large sums of money, which some people are, you are also quite motivated to make that 
bit that's a, a built-in sponsorship really engaging and fun and, and playful mm. and sometimes mm. you you miss out on that but the majority of them are like you said just sort of you know they're force red they're like ah i guess i'll put this in here because i gotta make ends meet yeah i i had one from uh, from world of tanks unfortunately it didn't actually turn into a video it didn't it didn't get published but trying to make it quite a uh a, a fun part of the content to to do you know to put the advert in in a way that was was quite seamless and didn't feel like it was just tacked on after after finishing the video and just thought oh, i'll shove shove a shove an advertisement in there you know it, it's it's difficult it's a lot of work um and sponsorships on youtube can be sort of your bread and butter but they do require a lot of work if you're going to put that effort into it because uh, you don't just get sent like a, an ad section and something to read out and something to plop in the video. Like I, I spend a good few hours sort of editing bits together and deciding how I was going to phrase it and what needed to be said and and trying to make it fun. But uh, if you don't, it sort of just comes across the wrong way and people aren't interested. So that doesn't help you either. Yeah, a lot of it is forced. I mean, from what I remember, the last time I ever did one of the sponsored ones, it was actually Ray Chad Legends. I remember that you know getting the big pdf document it's like these are the highlights that have to be mentioned these are the things that are nice to mention here's some material and most of it was just like i can't make anything with this it felt like mm. you know you weren't given the actual equipment where if i had the app if i actually played the game if i was actually enjoying it that that gives you some motivation but then it starts to become that that level of playing field where it's like am i ready to invest so much time into the actual advertisement when i have an a video that's really the core of, of, of what I'm trying to create here, right? Yeah, it, it can't it, it can take away from the, the, the video has been my rule. Like if I have to spend so much time mm. sort of working out how I'm going to do it, it's just not worth it in the end. But um, no, World of Tanks is one I've, I've had a few <laughs> few times that they've they've uh, reached out to me and I've been like, I, I've actually played the game. I do really enjoy it. I, I specifically remember saying like the best my best fun in war thunder was after playing world of tanks for six months and you know after playing war thunder for a few years stepped into world of tanks and mm -hmm. thought you know i like how this is different it always seems like everyone was wanting to be on one camp or the other but i thought after actually playing it and being like no i i do actually quite like this it was uh it was easy to do it do an ad read for them but then i've had some others i've been like i don't like sort of just promoting this because I don't use it. I I don't need it. So I don't have that personal sort of I can I can't endorse it really. Or if I am it's 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 fake, it's put on. So I I don't like to do that. If I can avoid it, I I, I will. Yeah, if it goes against but, your um, core personality, I think it's not worth not worth going. Unless it's mm. a huge amount of money, but I think that's the you know, everybody has a price. For a certain amount of money I'll be willing yeah. to do a lot of things. Now most companies unfortunately for sponsorship wise they're not offering that much they're usually lowballing you and, and then you have to sort of adjust your worth and that's also how do you value it right i mean what exactly is mm. the number you're trying to value because um, even with you know we're talking about ad revenue is like i said fluctuates from month to month you know people might have a glance at your channel think oh wow so many subscribers you know and they they do the math in their head and they're thinking oh yeah you'll get five dollars per per thousand views and it's like yeah it doesn't work that way and <laughs> on a good month maybe but mm -hmm. uh you know it, it depends on a, on, a, on a whole load of factors i've never really spent that much time looking into the analytics side of youtube like oh, oh i need more engagement here or i need you know to upload at specific times or, or um 
you know, try and make videos a specific length because this is, you know, really studying the side of this is when yes. people are clicking away. This is what people are interacting with the most. I don't bother looking into that when I structure out a video, when I, when I plan, you know, I sort of just say it the way it naturally unfolds to make the video and however people react to it, you know, great. If I can do something similar to that, but I, I don't spend ages studying it. It's just sort of, oh, you know, this month was a bit low. Oh, well, got to work harder next time, so... You know, if if it was if I was spending too long looking at looking really in depth at that side of things, I don't think I would enjoy it anymore. So I just never really bothered. Yes, you say that personally wise, you're not you're not very. I call those people robot robotic essentially. I mean, I've got a coworker now uh, working as a copywriter, and he's he's very smart with ChatGPT. He's also interested in it, which I'm not. You know, for me, it's like it's a tool. I'll use it, but preferably, I still like to write by hand. And it's, I've observed his workflow because we were doing basically two identical things at the same time, timing, how much time did it take? Equivalent, let's say, if we both went and, and said, let's record a video, how much time do you spend editing? How much time are we gonna spend making the hook at the beginning? Let's say if we wanted to make some TikToks. And I was observing his workflow and it was extremely um, sort of, he would start a thing and, and until he finished it, he wouldn't move to the next portion. Meanwhile, I was all over the place because I sort of I, I like dancing around the content, and I sometimes remember even making videos, I would have stopped mid-content, you know, did something else, you know, or even playing the game, recording whilst I was editing content to sort of mm. multitask. And I think you you remind no, me a I bit more of I me. Find, I find I, I I do that the same way as well. I'll kind of flip from project to project, or at least different parts mm. of it. I'll uh, I'll start recording something and feel like, no, that, that doesn't quite sound right. That doesn't sound the way it did in my head. And then end up going and rewriting half the script for the video or, or the notes that I've got, the talking points being like, I don't need that. You know, I'll make the video differently or I'll just start making another video. And uh, funnily enough, I've got leftover notes and scripts from videos that were meant to happen in 2020. Like that's so long ago at this point, I just sort of never got around to finishing it and thought, you know, this isn't this isn't necessary anymore. This isn't relevant anymore. Um, but I find often, especially with the military side of things, and, and one of the reasons I've strayed away from covering current events and, and news in that world and talked more about the history and development of things that were long past. You know, there's no there's no surprises being sprung on us from World War II now. But um, when I was talking about current things that were happening, a little new article would come out and I'd be like, ah, shit, I've got to rewrite half the video now. So, uh, you know, if I would, I would say I, I flit around more than I probably should. But um, it, it's the way I find I'd, I make the better content without mm -hmm. it feeling robotic. A couple of times I've put a video out being like, probably should have just waited and, and done that better. But, you know, it's 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 worked for me so far. Mm. Maybe a, huh, maybe an edgy question, but would you say that with, with the Armored Cast channel and with the events of Ukraine for the past, what, two years now, do you think that has somehow also, I mean, quote unquote, helped you or been a point of interest which then relates to the content of the channel it's been something that's brought a lot of people in as people are wanting to know a bit of background information about things they're hearing about you know whether it's uh um different types of armor or different munitions that are being used different vehicles that are being sent in military aid packages and and how that all works but mainly i decided to say look i would have to be very careful about what I was saying at that point. You know, I don't want to just be uh, uh, so opinionated that that people 
put me in a box to a degree. Like I, I would find it much more um, enjoyable to just be able to talk about something mm -hmm. that's that's quite concrete, just rather than interpreting current events and uh, giving opinions on sort of one side or the other. And and I've been very vocal about it on, for example, Twitter and other social media. But on the Armorcast channel, I decided, look, I would have to be really, really careful about this and sort of intentionally didn't cover it. Um, and a lot of people did. I, I've made a few friends in the community for people who, who grew their channels, went from, you know, a couple of thousand to hundreds of thousands of subscribers by covering events in Ukraine. And they put so much effort into it and talking to them about it. They were like, it is, you know, You've, you've got to be careful because you say a few things wrong mm -hmm. people will be you know steam coming out their ears they'll be they'll be up in arms at you if you if you uh, say the wrong thing so i i haven't covered it much if at all and i i might do in the future now that you know bits of this war are over a year old at this mm -hmm. point you can kind of talk about them now as bits of history or looking at how these particular examples can lend themselves to a wider topic. But I, I, I said from the beginning of the war that like, I'm not a journalist, you know, I'm not a, a reporter. I will leave this to people who are vastly more qualified than I am to mm. deal with this. And even though there's plenty, I would say maybe it's better kept private yeah. some of it, or at least, you know, I'd have to put a lot of work into making sure everything I say, I can, I can back up or, or be very careful about, and then, uh, you know, three new things happen and, and the whole situation's changed and I'd have to rewrite the whole thing anyway. So I thought, why don't we, uh, why don't we not do that for now? Mm. At least until I've got maybe, uh, maybe a couple of researchers to, to, to assist me in making the videos, but that's, that's miles down the track when the channel's bringing in more of an income. As far as the, uh, uh, oh shit, what was I going to say? Um, being sort of the the idea that i didn't want to start reporting on current events i i certainly could have um but i wanted to not become that and uh you know like i said i didn't want to be a reporter i didn't want to be an art, a journalist i wanted to talk about the history side of things and and the stories behind you know um I made a video a while ago, it's no longer on the channel, but it was about the Falklands War. That's in the 80s. Mm. And that was really interesting to look at and kind of talk through the history of it because it, it doesn't really have any bearing on today. But even then there were some people up in arms about it because it's still a, a sore spot for some people. So um, I intentionally tried to avoid it, um, maybe more than I needed to, but that was the way I decided to deal with it. It's probably, probably safer that way. Also, I was going to ask you, for those people that have actually grown their channels, as you said, to a couple of hundred thousand very quickly covering the events of Ukraine, do you also think that might be a bit of a danger spot in the sense they, you know, rise to fame, potentially quite a larger sum of income, but then eventually, obviously, the war in Ukraine will fade away and they'll have to move on to the next, you know, we could call it feature of the month or feature of the year. Um, would you find that to be a, um, a their potential downfall or... Do you think they enjoy the type of idea of just always starting off something new? And it really depends on. Uh, I know a couple of people who have who have grown quite large channels, and they said, "Look, I I was never planning on making a career out of it. So mm -hmm. if it does fade away, if the if the war were to end tomorrow, and uh, you know there were only a few more videos I could make talking about you know things that are now past, and and people stop being interested in it, it doesn't really matter. It was never going to be a, a lifelong thing." 
But for me, I, I I was thinking like, you know, I don't want to become known for that. Because if if I am, that sort of puts you in a box that you can't branch out from very easily. And uh, that would be a worry if, you know, things were to not be able to translate into something long term. You know, I I would like YouTube or something to do with, you know, the content that I've mm. begun to make to, to last for a very long time. And hopefully this war doesn't. So eventually it's just not going to be a source of content anymore. So I, I that's another reason I wanted to stay away from it. So, yeah, definitely. But uh, some of the others, I have already begun to notice that they are struggling to gain that, you know, they've got, you know, four, five, six million views on, on every video nine months ago. And now all of a sudden they're getting, you know, 120,000, 130,000. Mm. And it, it, it's it's clearly not as much at the forefront of, of uh, you know, it's not being pushed as much on social media anymore. It's not constantly in the news anymore. It, it, it's It's not at the forefront of people's um you know people don't want to hear about it as much anymore it's it's old news to some so mm. they they have i think they are going to struggle um especially if they want to transition it into a long-term channel then then yeah they are gonna they are gonna have some difficulties around that but yeah now some of them have have got um a guy called a guy by the name of perun on youtube who makes these fantastic videos who puts so much effort into them and uh, he's someone who really should easily be able to transition into talking about more than just this conflict if he wants to. Um, I'm not sure if he does plan on making it a career or not, but, you know, he there are certainly ways around it. I just didn't get involved with the whole thing. I thought, yeah, not for me, you know, mm. I'll, I'll stay away from it. Uh, I was going to ask you, how long ago did your YouTube journey actually start and what was the but was a catalyst of the moment was there maybe like a um, an idol or somebody that you you cause obviously most of us i think you know for me i remember maybe like the mighty jingles uh, where you sort of say to yourself damn i'd also like to make this kind of content like what was the moment in, mm. in your heart where you went like damn this is actually something i would really enjoy doing and and, and bringing people quality content for me uh I had tried my hand at making YouTube channels a few times in the past. They never really went anywhere. Um, the Scottish Koala took off in in about 2018. I started it late in 2017. And um, it was 2018 that it really started growing to, you know, 1,000, 2,000 subscribers. And um, to begin with, there was... It was almost the complete opposite of that, as I saw bits of, you know, types of content that people weren't making. Um... And there, there were a few. I uh, more so the fact that I just didn't notice them. Um, they, they weren't as big, and I, I of course wasn't as big to start out with. But I, I saw a gap in the content that was being made. I thought, you know, it's quite fun. I can, I can fill it. If people are interested, then it might become more of a thing. Um, but uh, I remember your content from back in sort of 20, 2016, 17, 18 um, was was part of an inspiration for mine or or some of mine to begin with and then of course people like jingles people like baron mm -hmm. um slick b i remember but uh as well as that it was bits of content that people weren't making and i thought i'd try my hand at them and see if they worked wonderful because you i was going to say you're an extremely eloquent person um and that ties into a, perhaps a well for, for me it's an interesting question which is that the name itself right scottish koala um if i understand correctly i mean from your voice, 
you're obviously not from Australia, but you live in Australia, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I was I was born in Scotland. I was actually born in England. My mum was living down there uh, for work for a few months uh, when she had me. But we lived in a place called Ayr, um, which is on the west coast of Scotland, for a few years, and then moved out to Australia um, when my mother married my stepfather. So I've lived here for a long time. The accent's sort of a weird smush between. Like a lot of Scottish people are just like really and a lot of australian people think that my accent's really thick and then everyone everyone else thinks it's somewhere in between but um that kind of became uh it was it was a brand and it wasn't to begin with because i also did this weird thing when i was starting out on youtube is i was afraid that people were gonna either not understand what i was saying or not like the accent i tried to almost americanize my my voice so that you know sort of play down the accent to the point where it just was a bit weird and I had to literally focus on what I was saying and how I was saying it but I I gave up on that a little while on Twitch I was just speaking naturally and seeing you know put some of that content on YouTube see if people enjoy it and just sort of realized that I didn't need to in the end so it, the Scottish koala became became the brand but originally it was it was just a name mm -hmm. and uh and then I've sort of realize that it's it's a little bit unique you know I'm, I'm hardly the only one like myself but uh you know it's 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 something to brand yourself around so yeah that's really all it is i mean i think you know i'd find it quite hard to find a person who went from scotland to to, to australia and because you know to me i have this thing i call like a essentially a meter there's there's a ceiling level to how long you can listen to somebody talk right if we imagine like a really um like a classic Karen, right, with a very high-pitched, annoying, you know, voice, or some very, you know, maybe nasally kind of guy. There's, you can only listen to them for a certain portion of time, right? With you, with obviously, I, I love the Scottish accent. I think it takes me back to Sean Connery and all the all the movies and everything that that yes. you know England brings to me. It's just such a such a wonderful place. And then you have the depth of the voice. You have the dynamic. Um, you know, to me, it's I could only commend you for for being in this industry and hopefully that whatever thing you're going to partake in, in in your future you stay in in activity with your voice that that's something that you you take forth because to me personally I, i'm sure for everybody else and that's also why your channel succeed is because you're extremely pleasurable to listen to well i mean thank you for one um <laughs> I, a couple of times i have said jokingly on 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 twitter or on discord that like the amount of money I could make on YouTube if I just got like ChatGPT to write a video and a text-to-speech voice <laughs> to read it out and then put some stock images in the background. Mike, that's 70% of military content on YouTube these days, and it's all bullshit. Like, any time you hear a text-to-speech voice, disregard anything they're saying. It's all it's all researched through Wikipedia. Like, it's... it's but, like, my God, is it is it a big thing on the internet now, and people have been like, what would be the point, you know? Like... It's not, it's not sort of, I don't want to sound arrogant, but I, I like to think that at least a lot of the people who watch me are watching it for me rather than just, you know, anyone could make this and it would be the same. Mm -hmm. I've, I've found a niche where, where I can do something that I like to do and people like listening to me talk about it. So no, it, it works. So I yeah. absolutely agree. I think that I was, I was thinking, I was talking to a friend the other day about the advancement of AI. Obviously they've got these, these effects now where you could sound like anybody essentially and 
the way that I thought of it was, you know, if we take somebody like David Attenborough, who's doing all the, the BBC national um, geographic type videos, um, a person like him is going to have his voice essentially forever, right? I, I would imagine that after he passes away, his voice will remain in, in the same strength present in, in, in documentaries forever to follow. And I think if you can um, find a way to now, as you are still alive and you do still have your voice to bring it to a certain level, then that that is what's going to make it unique. Not the idea that we're now going to just, you know, every video is going to have a, the voice of Morgan Freeman because then that will actually lose its uniqueness, right? Mm. So I mm. think I think sticking um, to it and, and, and developing, in this case, yours, which I think is, is very unique. I, I've always gotten quite a lot of compliments for, for my own English, you know, having taken it from that scruffy Slovene type-esque, whatever it was, and then developing it. I think, think I... Uh... I think I did comment this in one of your videos once, but uh, when I first started watching you, I thought you were English. <laughs> I, I I did not realize you were, you were uh, from Slovenia at all. I wouldn't have picked it. Wouldn't have guessed that in a million years. But uh, yeah, no, it's... Likewise, like I, I, I found it, especially the, the War Thunder content you made, where it was sort of a guide for people who were struggling to, to do certain things. I remember your series on German close air support and things like that, mm -hmm. where it was it was very enjoyable to listen to. I could put it on and just, just watch a whole bunch of them and be like, you know, this is... It could be on in the background and I'd be like, oh, I'm picking something up and, mm -hmm. and I could just have it on for quite a long time. So, no, it was... It's, it's something that I also strive for that, you know, if if... If I can talk for a while and people aren't getting bored or people aren't, you know, trying to skip through or, you know, if 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 I can be pleasant to listen to, even if people weren't initially super interested in the topic, they'll still watch it, then obviously I'm doing something well. So that's that's the point I'd like to be at. And, uh, you know, initially it was actually a point of... of uh, I always had a problem with public speaking, so YouTube was sort of a way to train that into myself. I was, I was constantly making content where I would be talking not to people directly, but talking um, in a way that I knew it was going to be seen by people. So it was it was a point of training myself to talk confidently. And uh, hopefully I've got that down packed by now because it's been going for five years. But, uh, you know, it, it's still a work in progress. No, I think it, it's, it's huge how much of this YouTube gives you. Um, just yesterday, I had a, a phone call essentially from a friend who works for a, a sports nutrition company to do all these supplements and they were looking for a person to just record a couple of TikToks with them essentially looking for somebody with with good English and I showed up there and I didn't do any prep work I didn't even read the material and I you know they do all the setup they put up the lights and to me it was you know it felt natural it was just oh, it's a camera there's a ring light I gotta speak a couple of lines improvise whatever and as soon as I started I, you know I looked around everybody in the room was like whoa like where, where did that come from you know how, how are you so natural and it was like to, to me it felt almost like i'm not even at my peak like i'm actually a little bit nervous i made a couple of mistakes it wasn't optimized but i think you know youtube gets a bad rap from a lot of people i think they they look at youtube as this sort of oh you know it's like losers you watch youtube and it's our oh, little boys doing gaming videos and, and i think mm -hmm. a lot of the skill sets that come through just go unnoticed because at the end of the day the movie that you're watching on the big cinema screen was edited by somebody who very likely at some point started by editing youtube videos and then worked his yeah. way up and eventually got into a big company and i don't think 
that people realize just how much they can actually learn from it and that it's not a waste of time and that a lot of us have you know also made friends we've made money we've made careers some of them um i think that really does go unnoticed it's definitely something that um like i said it was a way of training me to be able to, to to speak confidently and especially on the spot which is something i'm still not particularly good with um i i script a lot of the videos uh at the very least i will have a a, a bunch of talking points and and sort of work my way through them one by one um but it was a way of being able to train your voice to be very used to that and and speaking in a way that was easy to understand yet not boring and slow and and over enunciative it was that is a skill that you know when you once you pick it up it, it stays with you and it, it can be very useful for a lot of different uh, career paths you know i i i've suggested to a lot of people like have have you tried doing something on social media because not only is it good fun you'll meet a lot of people mm -hmm. it might blow up and take you somewhere but there's also a lot of skills to it, you know, as and, and not just as far as speaking as well, as far as editing the videos that I put together. Um, learning what works and what doesn't and learning what uh, and, and sort of seeing as well what other people are doing and sort of realizing how I can incorporate different pieces from mm -hmm. different other YouTube channels and and different styles that people have. There is there is a lot of. I mean, anything that work goes into is going to give you some sort of skill out of it in the end. But uh, no, there's a lot on YouTube that that lends itself to more, more serious, more professional endeavors as well. So, mm. yeah, it's very interesting in that regard. I mean, re regarding to actual video editing, I I think it's one of the most missed out opportunities for for people that want to make good money, because a lot of people are looking to outsource their video editing, right? And there's there's mm -hmm. a huge shortage of people who are actually efficient, quick at you know putting together a, a a nice video and then extracting TikToks from it, adding all the captions, uh, making it you know trailer esque. Um, I mm -hmm. think for those of you who are listening to this or watching on YouTube and and you're looking to get you know started with some uh, you know income, maybe you're in high school, you want to get a, a site hustle started. Um, perhaps you don't have to be looking at maybe I'm the next big YouTuber, but perhaps you could be the next big YouTuber's video editor, which is quite possibly the very much next best thing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I mean, eventually I will want to hire an editor myself. It's just part of the workload that, mm -hmm. that takes a lot of time away, but it's also part of the workload that I, at the moment quite enjoy doing, you know, once it, it can still be a little bit, um, not so much nerve-wracking, but just a little bit stressful to sit down and be like, right, I've got like nine pages of a script here that I've got to kind of read out. Maybe some of it can go, maybe some of it needs a, a, a further explanation. But sitting there, sitting down to record it can be a little bit stressful. But once it's all done, editing it together is... is uh, it can be quite enjoyable. And especially working out how things are going to... I remember a couple of times with a War Thunder video, I accidentally... Uh, cut a scene or, or there was a big you know I got a kill or I was I was killed there was a big explosion right on the beat of a, 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 a soundtrack that I had in the background and I was like that's so cool like it's just this tiny little thing that no one's going to notice but like I noticed it it was good fun yeah. um, you know the, the first thing I'm looking at getting um, for for YouTube is either looking at using some kind of AI to, to formulate a script for me or getting someone to write a script, getting a research assistant and maybe continuing to do the editing side of things myself. Mm -hmm. um, but eventually that will be a thing that I do. So, you know, you can certainly do, do just that.
as a as a career and and make plenty out of it it's not just you know being the person behind the camera or, or being the person who talks on the youtube channel you know there's there's a, especially when youtube channels get quite big there is a lot of work that goes into it mm -hmm. i mean i know linus tech tips has a whole office full yeah. of people i've got half a dozen channels that they work on but they've got like dozens of people who work on them and it's 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 a crazy amount of uh, like logistics that goes into it in the end when it gets to that size and it just keeps growing bigger and bigger there's so many roles for people to do um you know there's plenty you can be good at and not have to be good at all of it yeah especially when you get to that stage yeah because for example for me editing has been the thing i never quite enjoyed you know what i did enjoy was because you're talking about getting a kill on the beat it was was making the kill montages but that again mm. people won't see the background of it where let's say you want to have 50 kills in a, in a video that means you don't just go out there and get 50 kills you have like sometimes 150 200 kills they're spread out in, in different recordings and you have to go and find them in each recording and put them all together and you have to filter through them and say okay this is like a really good kill oh this is a long-range snipe ah this this one's kind of 50 50 i'll save it for later and then you got to find the right song and get everything timed in and for me that portion was fun but to go into some more complex video editing and adding captions over it and then finding some kind of out, you know outsourced material you're going to put over it. and to me that portion i've never quite enjoyed but i've also thought maybe it's because the workload wasn't optimized and so i think as a youtuber you like we spoke we you sort of pick up different skill sets and naturally you're going to max out a couple of them some of them are just going to be mediocre some people will never be good at speaking some people will just never get their voice perhaps developed to to the same level that we have and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm sure there's other skill sets they have within the YouTube environment that they can take to the absolute max where we are going to be average at best. Mm. Um, I, I've, I could think of an example of that. I said earlier about, you know, as far as military content, if you ever hear someone using a, a text-to-speech voice to, to read the video, you can pretty much disregard what they're saying. But there's one example, I forget the name, I believe it's Dong Tren, um, who's a... he's. I believe Chinese or Korean, he's got a very thick accent and his English isn't particularly great, but he still makes relatively well-informed content. He just gets an, a, a, a speech editor to read it for him. And that's just a tool that he uses there. It's kind of the exception where he can be good at all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. And just because his English isn't quite up to par and, and his accent's quite thick and people might not uh, be willing to sit there and listen to it for a good amount of time or to absorb information that way, um, that that's the way he's gotten around that and yeah you know you can you can like i said you can still be good at the other stuff and make plenty out of it you know absolutely yeah because i mean we could argue that he could go and, and create content for a long period of time and, and get rid of that thick accent but that also means a lot of time spent where his content is probably going to be considered subpar and so with a probably desire to grow his channel as fast as possible and get to a level where he can also make some money this is the best possible solution. Mm. It's, oh. a, it's a balancing act in the end, I think. Well, you know, it's it's always very good to be able to sit here and say, like, oh, money wasn't a part of it. I just really enjoyed what you're doing. But in the end, like, if you're going to spend six hours a day on something, it's got to make an income. Like, yeah. you've only got so many hours in the day. Mm. You've got to make money somehow. So, you know, if... if it's very, it's very, uh, I don't know, virtue signally to be able to sit here and say like, oh, I don't care about the money. I'm just doing it because I love what I'm doing. But like, the equipment doesn't pay for itself. Ching, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, especially as, uh, 
I always started out when I, when I started my YouTube channel, I said, look, I, I, I really do want this to be a career. I really think I can do it. You know, um, it wasn't making money for quite a while. I had to have one, two, even three jobs on the side subsidizing or at least part-time casual things that were making me some extra money whilst this was growing. But I always said from the beginning, like, I, I do want to earn an income out of this. That was one of the goals going into it from the beginning. It was never just a hobby. It was always a, a career to be, you know, it, it would be, it would be really nice to be able to sit here and just be like, doesn't matter. I'm just going to, just going to make whatever content I love to make. And if people don't watch it, it doesn't make any money. Eh. But it's, 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 we don't live in a perfect world. You know, you've, you've got to turn it into something or spend less time on it. Yeah. So no, there's always a, it's I've been either, lucky that I've been able to do it. It's either a monetary desire or a power desire. You know, I mean, I never was able to make huge sums of money from YouTube specifically. Twitch was, was far better, but also far more inconsistent because you're relying on people, you know, just donating loads of money. Um, what I did enjoy was the the sort of the power trip you got from from being good at the game, but problem is that again might be one of the only skill sets that I picked up that has completely gone to waste. Like I cannot utilize the the skill of my mouse and keyboard in a video game anywhere else. You know, it's it's your voice you can take over your, your editing skills, your your research, you know. Battle ratings, yeah, it's that one's gone. You know, I know now a lot about history, yeah, sure, but so much of it, I think, is unfortunately not utilizable in in everyday life scenarios. Well, that's one of the things I I said um, with War Thunder, the kind of content that you, for example, used to make. I don't think would work in the current community of War Thunder. Like, even if you were still a War Thunder YouTuber, I don't think it would work anymore. People just don't look for content like that. And uh, for, for ages, I tried to make like, um, you know, maybe I can do something similar. Because one of the things I said was it, it feels like people in general aren't trying as hard anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, people were just like, yeah, yeah, it's not interesting. Don't care. Like, yeah, sure, I could do things better or, or you know, learn this specific new tactic or specific new way of playing a certain vehicle or, or structuring lineups or whatever you had to say. But it was like... A, yeah, I could just watch three YouTube shorts and, you know, just, just fuck around instead. Like, it, it wasn't... Even that is something that, you know, is not so much a skill you can take around. So, you know, it's... it's. I was very lucky that I didn't end up just falling into that and, and could do something else with it. But now it's, it's very much an intentional thing. Like, I'll, you know, this can't be it. Like, you, you've mm -hmm. got to be able to take it somewhere else just in case you need to and uh yeah I've, I've i've been able to do it so that's that's you know i i um the content i'm making now the 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 research side of things and the and the just general nerding about it isn't gonna last forever itself either but um you know if, there, if there's somewhere else it can go when it needs to then we're all good no, I think I think you're absolutely correct. No, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for you because I, it was 2017 where I, you know, quit um, for the first time, or rather, like that was the first time I really had a mental switch or something. Was like, dude, this is this is not healthy, um, because, and I think this is, you know, a root of a far deep, deeper problem that goes beyond War Thunder. I think I started to see what Gaijin was doing with War Thunder, I started, I'm starting to see patterns of it in real life, with, if it's government, if it's certain companies, but also the mentality of people. You know, there's, ever since I've 
I say I killed off my channel this year. I don't really care. The content I'm creating is more or less for me, uh, with the exception of these podcasts. These podcasts are meant for people. I hope they get inf information from here. They get to meet you know you as a content creator, also a bit more personally. Um, but the content I have been uploading on a weekly basis has been sort of a, a guideline for me. And what I find so heartwarming is the couple of people that do watch them with sincere interest and find the information useful, because it reminds me of those days of War Thunder where. I think my mental point of, of, of origin was sort of get good. It was this, you know, you are the problem, not the game. You are the problem, not the, the enemy player. You're the problem, not Russia bias. It's you doing something wrong. And until you correct everything in your power to get better, uh, I'm not going to even be willing to discuss that there is some some sort of bias going on. And I think this, you know, this thing with shorts and with this attention spam within it's growing into other aspects where people are not willing to really work for anything. There's this sort of mm. waiting for things to happen. And then uh, that's one of the things I was going to say. I, 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 when I saw YouTube shorts start to become like a really big thing that they were pushing majorly, it made me just honestly super depressed. It was like, you know, everyone's attention span is 60 seconds long now. Like, if you, you know, if, if you can't deliver everything... I mean, even now, I, I see people commenting under YouTube shorts saying, like, oh, you could have, you know, talked about this way quicker. Oh, you know, this is this is too much rambling. You're like, it's 60 seconds long, dude. Like, come on. Yeah. But, um, no, one of the things I said a while back, and it was actually relatively unpopular, I, I, I didn't expect it to be, but what I said was, if you want to get better at something, and you're finding that you're failing for whatever reason, the first thing you do is blame yourself. So for War Thunder, for example, I said, like, if you die or if you lose a match, the first thing you start by saying is, we lost this match because I didn't do this or because I did this wrong. And only when you've, you know, you, you try and fit a reason why it was your fault, because that's something you can change. That's something you can look at, you know, okay, well, how could I have anticipated that? How could I get around that next time? And then that's knowledge that will help you get better and... and mm -hmm nowadays that's seen as try-harding or that's seen as, you know, being a, being a, a sweat lord. It's like... But um, it's like only when you've exhausted every opportunity to try and blame yourself for something, then you can start looking at, okay, you know, that vehicle's overpowered or or, or this team was super shit or, or Russian bias or whatever it is. Like, mm -hmm. find a way to blame yourself first and only when you can't, you start excusing it and, and putting on something else. Because if, if it's... If it's Russian bias, or if it's oh, it's just oh, it's just packet loss. It's just uh, just this overpowered vehicle. Well, there's nothing you can do about that, so you might as well shut up. Yeah, like it it doesn't help, and that's something I think you can use in more than just say a video game. Like I I try and use that when I'm looking at so. Um, with YouTube channels, with YouTube content as well, I look at oh well this didn't work, not because I'm just unlucky or the algorithm just didn't like me today or or. or oh, you know, someone else just uploaded a similar video and that got really popular and mine no one cared about. But if you can look for, well, I screwed up. Well, I could have done something differently. Then that's something you can learn from. So that's... YouTube, like, YouTube Shorts and, and some of the things Gaijin did with War Thunder, I made a joke in a video that I think Gaijin's ideal map for War Thunder would be just a flat grid, where there's no terrain, there's no there's no positions people can use, there's no, uh, there's no strategic benefit to any... You know, you, you can't put a tactical thought into it, you just run around like a headless chicken and uh, try and do whatever, you know, shoot whatever pops out in front of you. And... It certainly seems like that's the way things are going, especially with some of the changes they're still making. It's like, 
it's the mixture of that and attention spans being shorter than ever and uh a lot of other aspects of life sort of facilitating that and and, and allowing that to still be uh successful that people don't want to change that people want everything very quickly people want everything very um i don't want to say easily but people do sort of sort of want a lot more than you know like a lot of things take a bit of time and then it starts coming easily but they don't want that initial investment first like it's going to struggle for a bit and then we'll be really good really easy really enjoyable i mean you know, people like yourself and, and, and a lot of the higher players in War Thunder back in 2016-17 made the game look really easy. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. Like, you had to put a lot of practice into it first, and then it is really fun and really successful, and you can you rack up 14-15 kill games on the daily, and, and it's it's quite enjoyable. But that first bit, people don't want to see that bit. You know, that's that's inconvenient. And uh, YouTube Shorts and, and TikTok and, and that side of social media sort of plays into that. And when I saw that starting to happen, I, I thought YouTube was sort of the last vestige of, you know, well, it's not going to go into that side of things. And then they've made shorts one of the biggest parts of the platform. It's like, oh, shit. Okay. Like, I haven't tried to make much in the way of YouTube shorts. I haven't even looked, I haven't bothered looking at TikTok even slightly. Um, it just doesn't interest me. You know, I, I'm known as the guy who rambles. So trying to fit things into short form content has never been what I'm known for or what I want to be known for, but... Like it's at the point where it would be more successful. Like I, I would have been, I would be a much bigger channel than I am today if I had just shoved out loads of shorts. And I, I've considered it, but it just wasn't enjoyable. You know, it's, I can't, uh, I can't sit there and go, you know, hold on a second, that actually reminds me. That's quite cool. We can talk about this, but mm-hmm. I, I can't do it. I'm not very good at it, and I didn't like it. So even if it would be more successful, I've sort of tried to steer away from that and kind of direct my own viewers away from it. Like, hold on, this is going to take a while to explain, but hopefully you enjoy it in the in the aftermath, and, and a lot of people do. So that side of things is definitely where I prefer to stay, and I, I wish it was more of the, the accepted thing still, like it was, you know, five, six years ago. But, um... Yeah, like I said, attention spans are lower than ever these days. It certainly seems that way, even if it might not be for a lot of people. But um, it's it's unfortunate, Arthur. I think. No, I think you know it's. I myself have struggled with with. I've never had TikTok, um, but I use Instagram on a daily, and I noticed that one of the main forms of communication with people from all around the world is that people just send each other reels, and so even if I don't want to consume TikTok content, I'm now essentially forced in a way to open up and, oh, what does this guy send me? Oh, cute cat video. And then you have to go and open it and like it so they know you've seen it. And I find it just so, it's essentially the, the, the most toxic thing that we've ever developed. You know, there is some goodness to it. I think there is, there are definitely good TikToks out there. You know, there there's some good funny ones, like in in, in the sense like, vine videos used to be you've got some informative ones educational ones maybe it's a funny clip from a podcast like somebody's like, oh wow now i really want to watch this entire podcast but most people they'll see the clip and think oh this would be really nice to they're already swiping to the next thing and the next thing yeah, and the next thing yeah. and, and you know it ties into everything i started reading books i want to say six months ago and i've read more books than i've read in the last 15 years and i feel I feel overtly proud of it, and at the same time, I think if I looked at myself objectively, I should be able to say, "What the fuck? That's something you should be doing on a regular basis, anyways." Yeah. 
Um, so I take it you don't have TikTok, you don't use it, you don't have any any interest in being part of it. And not really. I I I thought about it. I heard that War Thunder was actually you know quite successful on TikTok. Apparently, I was like maybe I should get into it. And and Shorts came over to YouTube, and I was like, I already don't like this. Like TikTok is just that. Like I'm not gonna yeah no that that's killed it for me. But um, there like you said, there are certainly people who use it and and who are quite good with it and there are people who use it to make these skits where the fact that it is very quick very very uh, immediate is part of the comedy behind it but um when it's just make the same videos it would be making but really fast yeah. I, I don't like it you know it's it's something that makes me feel like it's it's not something like how can you enjoy making something that's only 35 seconds long like it's it, there's there's so there's not a lot to take out of it, you know, there's not, I mean, there's certainly still a skill to editing together a, mm. a, a funny, you know, um, reel or, or TikTok or what have you. Forgive me, I do need to let a kitten into the room. I was going to um, ask you about that also. <laughs> I've been watching that um, beautiful kitten box in the back there. I will see the piano, the Messerschmitt and something else, which I can't quite identify on the left-hand side. Is it a German that plane? Is a, that is a model Bristol Bowfighter. Ah, oh, man, the Bowfighter really... When I hear the words Bowfighter, it takes me back to arcade days and patch 1.23 of War Thunder. Absolutely gorgeous. That plane was very much fun to fly, you know, very aggressive. That's a very beautiful kit. I remember that was one of the planes that actually got me into War Thunder. Really? Um, to begin with. I was watching a, a, a Kerbal Space Program YouTuber um, by the name of Robaz. And he played War Thunder like once or twice for videos, and I happened to see it. And I, I it was a video on the Bowfighter that he was playing, and, and it looked really cool. It was this, you know, I knew pretty much nothing about military technology at the time. I logged into War Thunder. I didn't even know that like every single one of these ve vehicles is a real vehicle. <laughs> I w half of them could have been made up. I wouldn't have known. But the Bowfighter looked like this big, imposing thing compared to these little single-engine fighters. I was like, oh, that's really cool. You know, it's full of 20mm cannons. Like, I, I want to play that. Yeah. And um, that was probably 20, early 2014. Like, the, the game was still new then. Uh, I don't think tanks were a thing. You know, it was, it was very early on. But yeah, that's one of the things. Um, it wasn't anything to do with that. That was a gift from my partner um, years ago. And uh, yeah, it just happened to be like, uh, we were actually trying to identify what it is because it's not quite accurate to the real thing. It was in this like little garden shop as uh, it was just like RAF plane. And we were like, oh, what is this supposed to be? And we looked at like, we looked at the rockets under the wings and the, and the nose cone. And we're like, I think that's a, I think that's actually meant to be a bullfighter. That's very cool. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's a, there's a few models up there. I keep meaning to um, get some shelving set up on the wall behind me. And ideally have it in a camera shot so I can display stuff properly. But at the moment, there's uh, there's a couple of pins that I got from military expos that I've been to. Um, there's there's a model Sherman over there. There's the the Lego Messerschmitt, and yeah, there's the Bullfighter that was that was the first one. I've got a bunch in front of me here as well. Um, but yeah, eventually it will it will all be displayed. It's it's quite a quite a fun thing to collect i I picked up a few because i went to the uk recently toured around a bunch of museums and got a couple of bits and pieces there um i still haven't put any of that footage on youtube besides in, in one of the last videos where it was just background stuff but but that's uh yeah it's quite fun quite fun collecting bits and pieces like that and being able to talk about them yeah I mean, it really takes me back i remember once um 
being a little kid building those planes before I even knew anything about planes. And then once you get into War Thunder, it's sort of, wow, wait a minute, I've seen this before. It's like, oh, that was that model of a plane that my granddad got me and it was on my shelf and then I stepped on it and broke it and it's in the trash now. But it's the memory stays and nostalgia and we learn we learn quite a lot about um I think that's one of the, the good parts of Waltham there is that regardless of it being a game and, and we can talk about how gaming is you know, some aspects for some people really bad, but Warfunder luckily enough is is based on, on reality. And so what you and you and I and thousands of others have learned is is a big portion of history and we're taking that with us and, and a very important part mm-hmm. of history of that. Yeah, I mean it's like I said, when I started out, um when I first started playing Wathan, I was about 15, 16 years old. Um, I didn't know really anything about military tech at the time. Um, it was always a bit of like, oh, no, that's cool, big plane, go fast, do lots of boom. But other than that, like, I didn't really know much about it. And then as I came into War Thunder, it became more of an interest. And, and specifically, as I made a couple of videos about vehicles and got stuff wrong, and people came out and corrected me on it. And... Um, that kind of started a, an interest in it. And now I've been able to take it somewhere, which is very, very cool. Um, but it's also still just a lot of fun to learn new things. I mean, recently, one of the things I've been, I've, I, I, I said after covering this in the Amarcast channel, once I said, I am never touching Chinese military tech ever again, because the, um, they, they keep things very tight lipped as far as information on their tanks and, and radar systems and, and specifically like anti-aircraft systems and missiles and what have you. I was like, I am never touching this again because there is so much misinformation out there and the actual official stuff is just full of holes. But I still do. Like, I, <laughs> I still look into it. Now I'm just like, damn it, I want to know more about that. And so I spend ages looking into it, which all kind of started from that. I was going to ask you, out of all the vehicles um, in Waltham, which one would you say is your favourite? Uh, it really depends what I'm feeling at the time. Um, I, I love sort of the... I've been really getting into simulator battles recently because I feel like with the modern era jets, that's kind of where they shine. Um, when, you know, you're you're looking at air-to-air missiles fighting from miles away, you, you don't really need that kind of third-person situational awareness to dogfight effectively. Um, meanwhile, being in the cockpit, it feels very different. But um, yeah, sort of that that modern era of aircraft and sort of a lot of the, um, I talked about the the sort of really light, nimble, um, these little vehicles, they would have made no sense back in the War Thunder of, of 2015, 16. Um, but they're, they're just equipped with little auto cannons, you know, it's like 25, 30 millimeter cannons, like top battle rating, where they're fighting these modern MBTs. They, they don't look like they make much sense, but they're so much fun. Um, but as far as like a personal interest has gone, I I really do love looking at anti-air uh, systems and like air defense systems, especially the big like truck-based surface-to-air missiles, mm-hmm. um, which is one of the reasons I I kind of like I, I'm I'm absolutely shit at DCS, but I love watching content of DCS because they've got these big sort of um, more strategic level like country level air defense mm-hmm. systems. They're very very cool. And these whole batteries of trucks set up with radars and and command posts and these huge like telegraph poles of of missiles, and they're, they're very very cool. I I do love looking into them. So that's 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 one of the personal interests. I've joked a couple of times that like oh we should get that in War Thunder, but it would never work. I can dream, but um no, it's uh, it's they're they're quite cool. 
I've got one more question that, that's popped into my head um, before we wrap it all up, and that's, in terms of games, um, do, you, do you play any other games, and could you give me your favorite game of all time? And if it is War Thunder, I, I won't be, would be surprised or offended, but um, is there perhaps um, another game that in your past has sort of, um, you know, given you the, the sort of nostalgic feeling where you just feel like, oh, damn, I'd, I'd love to just press a button, go back to that age where I was like 12, and you open up that... When when I first started getting into Skyrim, um, mm. and and that side of fantasy, like I'd I'd played a bit of Assassin's Creed. Um, my favorite game at the time was uh, Monster Hunter Try, which was this you know fantasy. It was like a JRPG game. Um, I still love. I still sort of go back and watch. Like occasionally, I'll watch an old YouTube video. I was like, I remember watching this when it was brand new to me. And when I first got into Skyrim. And it felt like this huge, expansive world where you could kind of do whatever, you know. I, I, you'd probably have the same with RuneScape. Mm. And it's this, you know, you, you can sort of build whatever character you want and that kind of um, the freedom that this medieval fantasy world kind of gives you. Um, very, very cool. It's still, I would say it's up there. It's probably one of my favorite games of all time. Um, I haven't been playing much else recently because i just haven't had the time i've been working on a couple of things one of which i can't really talk about yet um but it's sort of a bigger project that's taken a lot of time um and then working on youtube videos i've been away with family for i was away for over a month and um doing a lot of filming for youtube videos that have supposed to have come out already and are still being worked on but um uh I haven't had much time to just sit down and play games that aren't War Thunder because also I quit the War Thunder partnership program huh. um, because Gaijin were doing a bunch of things and I was like, I'm not okay with this. Like, I don't want to be affiliated with this. And all of a sudden, you know, the partnership program was giving me, I think it was 25,000 golden eagles a month to just use however I wanted to. And I could ask for a couple of vehicles. I could ask for like rental periods and vehicles if I wanted to make a video on them, something that, that knew that had just come out or, or something that I'd sort of never really grinded that line and sort of was miles away from. Well, now it's like, if I want that, I've got to do it all myself. So I, I kind of, I said on Twitter recently, it's like realizing how much grinding is involved in this game when you don't have that extra stream coming in. So I haven't yes. had much time to just to just sit down and play without it being War Thunder, because I'm now all of a sudden without that little extra uh, uh, stepping stone to use. But um, now there's there's still a few. I still jump into like a lot of old games. I played this old game called Transport Fever, um, which is like a tycoon game. You build like mm -hmm. train networks and, and bus and, and truck networks between, you know, you sort of cart materials around to provide them to different towns and, and ferry passengers town to town. And as you as you sort of build up the networks, the, the the cities grow and more people use them, and you have to replace them with newer vehicles. And and similar to War Thunder, you sort of work your way through time, mm -hmm. as you start out in sort of the the nineteenth century with like the really old trains and 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 um, sort of steam trams and things like that. And you work your way up to sort of modern trucks and trains and stuff like that. And that I can waste a day doing sometimes, but. Yeah, I, I don't play much that isn't War Thunder now. I never really did much with like first-person shooter games. I was never very good at them. I live in Australia. Ping is a huge problem. And if it's not, like... I was always really into Halo, because that was a bit that was a bit more fantasy-esque. Mm -hmm. But like, CSGO, I played for about three days. I was like, this is the most boring fucking thing in the world. 
Like, I don't know what all the fuss is about from this game. I never wanted to touch that again. I was Me like, I'm I, I played it for about an hour and I was like, I don't think this is for me. <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll stick with it a little bit because I might just be shit. But I I kind of learned some of the spots on the maps where people would snipe you from. And I was like, yeah, this, this ain't it, chief. Like, um, yeah, one of the things I've talked about with War Thunder is people, people talk about passive campers and whatever. I was like, they're tanks. Yes. That's the point. Yeah. Like it's they're not machine gunners in Call of Duty running around with AKs and M4s. Like they're they're tanks. They're big, heavy. They take a long time to traverse turrets around and and they're meant to be a bit more tactical about it. But yeah, the first person shooters were never my thing. Fantasy games I always really enjoyed. And uh yeah, history stuff, real life stuff. I mean, like I said, I want to get more into DCS, but I'm just really crap at it. And uh, it's like the the kind of game you have to study before you're any good at it. So I just haven't had the time. But um, yeah, beyond that, that that's kind of where it where it ends for me at the moment with with video games, which is not something I ever thought I'd say. I was always you know on 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 team like people who were like, oh, they're for kids. I was like, no, shut the fuck up. Like they you know <laughs> you, you, video games can be more serious than that, or at yeah. least more. You know, there's like a skill to esports level games mm. that, and there's there's you know flight simulators that are really intriguing they're they're more for adults to enjoy and and but now i just um i sit there thinking about you know new assassin's creed or what have you i'm just like can't really be bothered you know i would have when i was 15 but i just eh. yeah but also when you were 15 the assassin's creed came out was going to be good you know the story was going to be good you know the (laughs) gameplay was going to be good I haven't played any of them since the fourth one or the 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 pirates one. Yeah, Black um, Flag for me was was the best they've ever made, and everything afterwards was just, just so disappointing. I I never even I never even looked at them, and it was sort of War Thunder took over because I was making something mm. out of it. But also, it's just like a, I just lost that interest in in the more just just a video game. Like, uh, you know, I I. I like War Thunder because there's there's a community around it that you can chat to and 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 then you go and fight them in a in a battle and you see how they play and how you play and, and every game's different. Whereas just a video game now, I I do kind of treat as like you know it's kind of I would have enjoyed it years ago, but mm. I've, I've got more important things to work on now. Like I I I didn't think I'd get to that point where video games were like a something I was cynical about. But it kind of has gotten to that point now where it's like, yeah, you know, I'd like to, whereas previously I'd be like, oh, oh I really want to get home from this thing so I can sit down and yeah, play some Skyrim. Yeah. But now it's like, a, I'd really love to just go and like have a picnic sitting by the river. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, you know, video games are just like a bit like, yeah, okay. Just sitting in front of a screen, clicking, clicking uh, elites in Halo all day. Like, it's really, really fun when you let when you switch off your brain and let that yes. kid part of your brain take over but that only lasts so long and you know it's i'll play that for a few days and be like that was fun back to work yeah so yeah i, I don't play much anymore we've gotten old <laughs> we've gotten old and now i i said uh, it was funny i said in a video recently like i hit the ripe old age of 26 <laughs> which sounds like nothing but then there were a bunch of people being like oh that's nothing you know let me know when you hit 40 and, and i was like that's terrifying <laughs> and then there were a bunch of people being like oh i thought you were you know like 16 17 because half my discord i've realized is like under the age of 18 i've been yes. like didn't know that like you guys are all children <laughs> but uh no it's it's 
we're not like gotten to the point where we're getting old now, but we're sort of out of that that kid stage that you mm. looked at when you were 12, 13, 14, and we're like, that's where I want to be. And we're now like, I've gotten now, I've passed it now. Like, yeah. It takes us a bit longer, men, because we don't have that you know, biological clock of, of our body saying every month, once you know a month, like, babies, give me babies. But eventually it, it, it knocks you on the head and it's sort of you start thinking about, you know, I've got to start laying a foundation, I've got to start getting myself set up, I've got to start financially investing, I've got to start doing things that are actually going to be beneficial in the long run and when it comes to video games very very few um sort of you know trajectories within video games are going to bring you that for a long period of time mm. so mm. that's why mm. i'm very I was, happy. I was i was lucky enough to be able to make content out of war thunder and and there's not many games where you could make that kind of content mm -hmm. and have it last for any length of time you know um i said recently like it's become war thunder's become all about what's coming next no one gives a shit about what vehicles are in the game. They give a shit about what's coming next update. And it's like, the update won't even be here yet. And people are talking about, well, what's next time? What's, what's coming next? It's like, luckily, I can make content about that because I'm a massive military nerd. But, you know, couldn't do that with any of the other games I was playing at the time. Mm -hmm. And I just don't touch them anymore. Like, they, they weren't doing anything for me. They were fun, but you can't waste time all day. No, and I, I was going to say this with with most of the games that have come out in the past couple of years, it feels like they're a chore. They're all these side quests that they sort of pamper in with the idea that it's going to add some value, and really all it does is add minutes to the total playtime without really adding to the, the the full length of the story. And and I miss the linearity of games. I miss the games where you didn't really have to think to not get lost. You didn't have to think about what abilities you were going to upgrade. You know, there was just like the old Assassin's Creed. It was it was you know, an idiot, a trained monkey could play through the game. And nowadays you have to sort of sit down and make a, a spreadsheet of, okay, if I do this yeah. ability and, um, and it's, it's sad to see games go that way. And, and for me, everything since the Witcher three, which for me is, you know, the greatest game they've ever created has sort of been just a massive disappointment. And I think, I think I'm partially, I'm happy for it. You know, cynical as it might sound is, is because if, if games were getting an excuse to drop it yes because the games yeah. were progressively better then i would i would sort of be inclined to want to go back into it but um this way i know that they're going to make one good game every maybe 10 years and yeah i'll, I'll go in i'll play it you know because playing through let's say the witcher 3 it's i think the same time as if you watch game of thrones from you know first to last episode so i consider it an investment in that regard but um they're, they're rare and far in between mm. Mm. Yeah, no, it feels like um, every, every video game's got some gimmick that you can pay your way past now. Like, it's, you know, all, the, all, there's all these, all these, you know, you might screw off your character by going down the wrong training line or something. Yes. It's like, well, you can pay to bring it back. Yeah. Great. Uh, we used to buy a game and have it. Mm -hmm. Like, where's that gone? Yeah. And you used to get punished yeah, so. for being bad. And that I think that's what's, mm -hmm. what's gone away. Not just in video games, but I think in real life, in a way. Like, we've sort of We've stopped punishing people for making, you know, not necessarily mistakes, but like really poorly made choices in their lives and sort of perpetuating this, I almost want to say idiocracy, I mean, as it sounds, but like there has to be some cruelness to the world because we do live in nature, right? And nature's going to show her teeth and we're all going to be, you know, turned to dust in a couple of, couple of millennia. So, mm. yeah. Well, to not yeah, end. See, I've always. Oh, no, yeah, no, go, ahead. go on, go on. 
See, I, I was I was gonna say I've always held to the idea that like a positive reinforcement beats a negative punishment. Mm -hmm. But you still have to be enticed to to put some effort in. Yes. You know, because because it is hard work. Like things are gonna be hard work throughout life. Like you you need that sort of um it, it's nice sometimes to have a time limit on a project so mm. that it's like it, it's gotta get done i can't just sit here procrastinating forever like i could but i will i will be in trouble later down the line if i if i don't get something done and that's one of the things i like about youtube specifically as opposed to like a, a regular job is like if i don't work i don't get paid yeah. so it's like you, there is no noping out like there there's, is there's no, a risk like, back there that it's like I've I've been able to get to the point where the channel's grown to the point where if I don't upload anything for a month, I still earn enough to get by. But mm. then it's like gotta knuckle down and get back to work now because you know if if you don't do it, it doesn't do anything for you. Like there there is a there is a worry factor there. There is something that you you have to avoid and something that you have to work to. There's there's a bit of structure there, and I think that's a good thing. I um I think and it, and I've to, to tie it back to, to War Thunder, it's like uh, it seems like they want to seems like they want to remove the, the the punishment for screwing up, and also to balance that lop off the top end where you're not rewarded for for being exceptional, like because uh, that would make the that would make the noob feel like they're not you know they've got to put effort in and people want everything really quickly people people want the the fun bit before the work, so I mean it's a video game fair enough but at the end of the day you know you still you still should try and put some effort into things, and, uh, and especially in more serious parts of life. Like, as as you're saying you these words, that step past it. What's popped into my head is generation average. You know, because back when I was still playing, I, I was I was crowned the the average whatever, and I, I thought to myself, well, if I'm average at everything, I'm actually pretty good. But what you're describing is this idea that everybody gets sort of squished. You know, this it's I don't want to say it's a communist way of looking at things, right? But Everybody has equal. Everybody's equally good, and but that also means everybody's equally bad, which I think is is not is not where you want to be. Like you're gonna have people that are bad at the game because they've just started, or they're just plain bad, and you're gonna have people who are good at the game because either they're naturals or they've put a lot of effort into it. And it's it's good that way, and mm. life works pretty similarly, right? And it also it also gives people more room to be good at specific things. So it's it's not mm -hmm. like being bad at a video game is detrimental to you as a person like it's yeah. not if i'm like you know you're a noob you need to get good that doesn't i'm not calling you a bad person like yes. there is something that you got to do here maybe you would have a better time if you did like it's it's not it's, it's not like uh you don't you don't want a situation where everyone like no one really has to put in any effort and they'll still be at a level and and to balance that out no one really gets rewarded for being too exceptional because then they'd be try harding like it gives room for people to be, I guess, different, but also to be more, uh, uh, like, uniquely what they've chosen to put their time in and how they can then mm -hmm. put that out to other people. Um, which I guess is the YouTuber talking, because, like, most people just wouldn't have that, that voice to communicate it with people. But, um, no, I always, I always said, for example, when I started making YouTube content, like, I want to help people who aren't as good as me, mm -hmm. but there are also still a buttload of people who are a lot better than me. So I'm still working, and as I get better at certain things, I can then put it on to other people. And and you know, uh, I'm I'm a big fan of the idea that the best way to learn something is by teaching it to someone else. 
like you, it's a, it's a very common piece of advice like if you want to get better at something start having someone rely on you to teach them yes. about it yes because I, this is so true it, it it's it's a really useful and it and it helps you it helps you phrase sort of it helps you realize where you might have a couple of holes mm-hmm. um and and gives you something to work for because eventually they're going to catch up to you so you know it's it's a lot of fun having room to be better at a certain thing and it's and you know for for life as and in general is having things you can excel at even if you don't to begin with even if it sucks to to suck at something but like it gives you something to work towards you know that's that's a good thing yeah there's this hypocrisy surrounding this idea of of when you're teaching somebody something or trying to, another person will observe it and say, well, but why should they listen to you when you've clearly not done all of it? You know, you're not at the top yourself. And mm. I think to myself, well, if I was at the top, I probably wouldn't be teaching. That's the first thing. Because you, you sort of, you've ascended beyond something. Um, you know, you're not going to have the best basketball player teach somebody who's just started because it's just, that's not his thing. He's at the top of his game. He's going to be in, in, in the ring or on the playing field or whatever. Um, it's it's exactly as you say. You go through the process and you're trying to sort of filter your own thoughts and your 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 mental story and what you're trying to to frame, and you're also learning from that person that you're giving that information to. And it's it's a, a beautiful thing. It's a very beautiful thing. And it's also, like everyone will find a slightly different angle to look at things yeah. than you do. So it's like when you when you sort of bring them up to your level it's like they can then give you something as well like even if even if you're teaching them to do something they might make you think like and consider that you know that's, that's a cool thing maybe i should look more into that like yeah. you, you pick things up from everywhere and it, i don't think you need to be a major authority on something to, to to talk about it it's at least worth knowing when like this is not my area of expertise take it with a grain of salt yeah. but beyond that it's like it's it's still good to get something from everywhere about it you know, like, um, uh, as far as, you know, I've talked on the Armorcast channel about, like, how, look, look, I'm not a military veteran. I am not a defense analyst. Technically, I could call myself a defense analyst. It's actually not a legally protected term, um, at least not in most countries. But uh, I don't want to mislead people. Like, I am an enthusiast who's done a bit of research and is putting it forward to you guys. Take it with a grain of salt. But that doesn't mean that, like, I shouldn't talk about that because there is still a a lot to say about it. There, there's room for everyone to have their say. I think yeah. is the 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 easiest way of putting that out. Like, you don't have to be the authority on mm-hmm. something to talk about it with any level of confidence. And like, I'm sure you would say as well with War Thunder back in the day. Like, there were plenty of people who were better, but like, maybe they aren't making YouTube videos. Yeah. So you know, like, there, there's room. You know, it's 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 good to to have as many as many people putting that out as possible and eventually the bad ones will get weeded out anyway so exactly. what's the difference i'm a huge proponent of this freedom of speech and and well in regards to me in the past i, I was on the very extreme end I'm, I'm very much aware of it now i i still am quite opinionated i do think that that character that i created which was different from who i am in person maybe was a very accentuated version of it right but i don't think you can create a character that's a complete opposite of what you are it's entirely false yeah yeah, yeah. So, in fact, what I was going to do is, um, I do this at the end of every episode, I like to give the final question to the person I'm talking to, and you can ask me anything whatsoever you want, um, anything from the top of your head, that that sort of tingles your thought process. 
Oh, I I wonder if the conversation was going to go here in the first place. Um, you said in a previous video something that I've been thinking about sort of since then, uh, the back of my mind, and you said um, something along the lines of when it comes to politics or when it comes to, you know, social, like, mm -hmm. opinionated things, people are afraid to be extremist. People want to sit on the fence. Whereas me, personally, politically, I count myself as relatively centrist. But I don't do that because I'm sitting on the fence. Like, I will vehemently sort of defend my place at the table and talk about how I feel about something. Like, personally, I see extremism as the problem. Mm -hmm. Like, what would you... I guess, is there a solution to that? Like, what would you say is, is the best way to avoid... Like both sitting on the fence, but also being extremely one side or the other and being divisive about that. Like, mm -hmm. where's the, where, where's the ground that you, you think is best for, for people <sighs> to, to set? That's a really good question. Um, you know, for most of my life, I thought I was a lot of things. I thought I was a agnostic. I thought I was a full liberal. I thought I was open to everything and, and, and everything and whatever. But as I've grown up, I've actually realized I'm quite religious in some weird way, and I'm extremely right-wing with a lot of, of opinions, you know, with, with what's going on in the world. And what I find on the fence for me is that quote from episode three of Star Wars, you know, where I think it was Obi-Wan who says, you know, only Sith deal with absolutes. And I try to think of it in this polarizing way where I'm inclined to objectively agree with you. It would be better if you were all sort of in the middle somewhere, right? Trying to be as neutral as possible. But I've always used this example when it comes to, um, and I, I hate mentioning the, the LGBT stuff, but if on one end you have the complete liberal side of you and you say anybody can choose whatever gender they want, anybody can choose whatever pronouns and stuff like that, then I'm inclined to think that in order for this equation to function, we have to also allow the most hardcore, racist, KKK-loving redneck to have his say. Because if you're going to mute him, then you would also have to mute the other extreme. And I don't know if there is a solution, per se. Because if you asked me, I was talking about when it comes to politics to a friend, he said, I think it was actually a woman, she was really offended by what I said, but I said to her question, which was, what do you, what do you think would be the, the optimal political sort of standpoint? I said, a benevolent dictator, essentially one person who's in charge of the entire world, but you know he's doing it for the benefit of the world. And it's sort of a utopic thing. It, it is extremely like, utopic. In, a, in an ideal sense, it, it would actually. See, it's, it's kind of like I... I try and go into a lot of things neutral, but I come out of very, very few things neutral. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there's always an opinion form somewhere along the way, um, and just sort of standing on one side of the fence or the other. But I, I completely get you when you're like, if you were to, if you were to allow everything, you have to think about like, you're allowing the abuse of that thing as well. Mm -hmm. Like you, you can't just go fully one side or the other. Um, Maybe think of it this way: if I'm sitting at the extreme end, let's say on the right, and you're sitting quote-unquote, on the fence in the middle, as you said, you tend to start in the neutral position, but you get pulled a little bit to, to one side depending on who you're talking to. Now, if I'm too extreme, you might start going in the opposite direction. You, you go a little bit more liberal, but chances are my strong opinions and arguments hopefully will 
pull you a little bit closer, but also your reasoning and level-headedness will pull me a little bit closer. So in a way, we are meeting in the middle, which creates a new extreme, but that extreme is now significantly less than the, the actual big portion of the, the scale, right? So maybe, maybe that's the, the sensible thing. But I, I like extremes because, for me, I found that it's easier to live life if I put myself on, on one side or the other because I don't have to think about... In, in my case, I generally try not to care. So I try not to care if I'm going to offend somebody. I try not to care if I'm if I'm being a little bit too edgy. If you know, like the girl I'm on a date with, just going to walk away because I said something that's that's on the wrong lines. I'd rather be myself, you know, hardcore authentically, and offend some people and risk offending many, than to be too neutral and perhaps risk out a good debate. Because what I've realised is I, I love debating so much, and what I see for the future of this podcast is that you people as as guests who you know you and I are talking today for the first time hopefully we'll talk many more and each time we can dwell into a topic that is slightly more touchy and we can challenge each other's viewpoints right because at the very mm. end here you have actually challenged me in a, in a in a very nice way and I love that because you have a point of view and I have a point of view and we're trying to find if there is a middle ground where we agree and if that middle ground is healthy for for the world essentially yeah, I mean, personally, I try and I hold to this one view when I look at any any issue. And for example, I'll use the the example of um, propaganda about the the Russian Ukraine war. Mm -hmm. I don't blame Russian people for falling for it, because I hold to the idea going into everything that people, by and large, make sense, and people are pretty much all the same. Whether you're hardcore left wing or hardcore right wing, uh, somewhere in the middle really doesn't matter we all do the same thing right and that is that we look at the information that is there some of us are better at going looking for it some of us prefer to have it find us but we look at the information we react to that information and we form opinions based on what we know mm -hmm. so when it comes to the 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 propaganda about uh, like anti-ukraine and anti the west and this conflict there's a lot of Russian people who believe in, I, and I, I've been very, very outwardly pro-Ukraine in this in this situation, mainly because I don't have any specific love for Ukraine. I just think they were the ones who were invaded, and I decided, you know, what I'm looking at, the information I'm looking at, this is what sits right with me. But I don't think Russian people are some bloodthirsty monster or something. Mm -hmm. Like, they are doing the same thing that I'm doing. They're looking at the information they've got in front of them forming their opinions and, and voicing those opinions and seeing how people react and, and, and continuing along down those lines. Like, the problem is the media narrative in Russia is very controlled. But beyond that, people all do the same thing. You know, whether you're on one side of the debate or the other, people do the same thing. They take the information and they, they put out in return. So looking at every issue in that way is... I think what leads to me being very in the middle on a lot of things, like I, I know a lot of right wingers would say, oh, I'm a crazy liberal or whatever. And a lot of left wingers would say, oh, you know, you're, you're not, you know, you're, you're offensive or, or not sticking up or you're sitting on the fence or whatever. But like, like I said, I will defend my viewpoint in an issue without being extremely for one side or the other, mm. because I think that people by and large are all pretty much the same. Like we all, we all do the same things. We all, you know, laugh slightly too loudly at a joke or, or sing in the shower when we think no one's listening or, or, you know, come home from work and bitch about a, an ex, you know, 
or or, or a co-worker that we, we pretend we really like in real life but then we come home and yeah. we're like god fuck that person but like like we all do the same shit we you know people aren't that different we have the so same programming I, I i don't think that being too extremely for one side or the other is healthy in the regard that like it asks you to see other people or the other side of the debate, regardless of who that other side is, as being so majorly different from you, when they're probably not. They probably looked at one key piece of information that they reacted slightly differently to you did, and then you diverged from there. But we all start at the same place. Like, we all, we all, there was a, there's a comedian that I like called Randy Feltface. I'm going to see him next month. Um, and he said, you know, it's, it's like, every morning you wake up and it's like, you know, what's your fully formed opinion on this incredibly complex social issue that you just learned about five minutes ago? You know, you quit typing into your phone so the rest of us can tell you to fuck off and die. <laughs> like, it's, you, you, you sort of can't win. Like, it, but everyone's expected to have an opinion and we all probably started out in the same place, which was relatively clueless and just grasping at information. So... When you look at things like that, it's like no one, even the of the far other side of the issue, can really be that different from you. Like, how did they get there? And you know, in another world, I probably would have been there myself, or I would have been on that side, or what have you. So, that's I think the way I try and look at things. The more I'm thinking about it now, I think ultimately we're all sitting on the fence in a way where, you know, if if I consider myself for a moment an, an extreme right wing, and I was to have a a, a healthy conversation with an extreme leftist. With good arguments, I think there's a very good chance that I'm going to fully agree with some of the things that person believes, and they're going to fully agree with some things that I believe. And so, in in some way, we're going to be meeting in the middle. And when you, I think, when you level that out, you do get some some you know a, a general curve essentially, which most of us are, like you said, pretty much the same. But but yeah, we're, we're drawn to the extremes. We're drawn to to hardcore opinions. We're drawn to drama. We're drawn to all these things. You know, back in the day, when clean when, boundaries at least. Like yeah. when there's a very clean line you can draw, it's it's very easy to separate in your head. But uh, yeah. I mean, the world's become a very big globalized village, and we're quite curious about what the neighbors doing. And now it's moved on to what you know was the next country doing, was the was the next continent doing. And um, I think what we should probably do is just people should go and live on a deserted island somewhere for a month, and they'll realize you know you don't have to know about everything. And perhaps this filtering which i i see now you're, you're personally extremely good at you know with with the filtering of information um i would like to think i'm good at it but i'm probably quite biased you know and and most people are extremely biased at the way they take information and also we choose different sources and i trust this guy but that guy's a liar and he's bullshitting and then that's how warfare that we had those armies you know doom army happened because i would say something and people would just blindly believe you and if you say it in a convincing like way I, I said um uh, in a recent video, I said everyone. Everyone always says, "Oh, I was kicked from this person's Discord for literally nothing." You know, yeah. oh, oh, I, nothing even happened, and he banned me from it. And then they never actually say that, like, I was actually hurling racial slurs at people, mm -hmm. or you know, constantly breaking rules and spamming with like porn or something like that. Like whatever it is, there was always a reason behind it. But they were like, "Oh, I did literally nothing," and he banned me because he's a cunt. And you know, someone like a bunch of people will follow that. I'll just be like, "Wow, that guy must have," mm -hmm. you know. Sounds like this guy's a real piece of work, you know? Like, I don't know. There's there's that saying, a lie can get twice around the world before the truth has got its boots on. Yeah, like, uh, that's a very good know, one. It's, it's, or, like, by the time you've dealt with one 
piece of of misinformation there'll be three more that you, yeah. you like you can never fully get to the bottom of it it's it's difficult to filter the the space i like the the bullshit yeah. asymmetry which which it says um bullshit is 100 times harder to refute than it is to come up with you know you come up with mm. a lie it's going to be really tough for that person to and this could be a you know rape accusation this could be just talking shit about a friend of yours or a coworker and it's always like you know we don't we don't think about it at the moment but in, in the long run you know, with compounding, that thing can get really, really big and annoying. Then somebody actually meets you, and and it's like, wait a minute, you're you're nothing like I've imagined. You know, some people that that have met me, they'll be like, wow, you're you're not actually, you know, an ego boy. You're actually a pretty, not pretty an ego boy, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, no shit, Sherlock, right? But but there is that um, that viewpoint, and so yeah, my my next challenge is to find people that I've actually had. Um, particular drama with being banned from their discourse too. people like mags i'd love to love to speak to him you know fellow aussie um because i think what i've learned is that people you disagree with a lot they they tend to offer you the the most in terms of debate they tend to offer you the most in terms of discourse and that's something i'm interested in um mm. in, in yeah, this, as long as it can be healthy as yes. long as it doesn't evolve into infighting yes but, you know there's there's always something to be offered there yeah thin line between an argument and a conflict but we have to risk mm. the conflict in order to get the best of the argument i think so there's there's that no absolutely yeah. yeah thank you this was uh this was wonderful we've chatted for for nearly two hours here um yeah, jesus yeah well your time flies <laughs> well, i got away from us there a bit yeah <laughs> Wonderful, yeah. So um, I'll, I'll be in touch with you. We're definitely going to do this one again because you're a wonderful individual. You've, you're extremely eloquent, well-spoken. A um, lot of topics we can yeah. we can ramp around. And um, next time around, I'm, I'm trying to get this thing here where people actually ask the questions and then I can filter through them. And next time that we're here, um, I don't have to think about a lot of them, but um, you know, it's what people are actually interested in, we can ramble on ramble on those topics uh, like, like, like i said I'm, I'm the one who's known for rambling a bit slightly too much yeah, i think that but, makes, uh, makes the two of us uh, yeah. makes the two of us but yeah for me again this is it's a it's a wonderful way to force myself to listen to force myself to take differing opinions hopefully and uh also revisit some of the past because we walk on the end of the day for you for me for so many out there listening watching uh, such a big portion of their lives such a huge yeah, it was a big deal at some point at least yeah. yeah yeah basically a third of our lives and spent in there i think that's that's a huge huge thing that cannot be understated so thank you for joining me and uh talk yeah, to you thank soon. you very much for uh, having me on um hope people have enjoyed so yeah if we could get to do this again sometime i'll i'll see you again absolutely we will it's a pleasure thank you